Welcome to Plastic Model Mojo, a podcast dedicated to scale modeling, as well as the news and events around the hobby, where we hope to be informative and entertaining and help you keep your modeling mojo alive. Dave, what's happening, man? Hey, good stuff, man. Good stuff. How about you? We're coming off a show weekend, and man, it is pie in the sky. It is absolutely. My model sphere is full. Well, tell us tell us about it. What's up in your model sphere, Dave? <laughs> My model sphere is filled with friends and models and just good times. Um, as the MMCL Invitational Contest was this weekend, and I'm telling you what, there is nothing better than going to a model contest and hanging out with friends, your modeling friends, many of whom, you know, you only interact with live at model shows. I mean, the rest of the time, I've got tons and tons of people I interact with over the internet or whatever. Now that the dojo's open, that number's growing exponentially. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, a model shows a chance to get to see some of them in person. And, man, you know, I'm I'm jazzed. I am jazzed. How about you? Oh, I'm the same, man. It, it was such a good weekend. And I'll be honest, it was our home show, so a little bit of, for for the uh I don't know how to say it for 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 the excitement and stuff it was a little home cooking cuz you know I knew a lot of the people there but our club's sure. grown so much I I didn't know a lot of people there yeah uh, but but still we see a lot of people from around the region and that's always good and we'll, we'll see some some more of them in a, in a few weeks up in Cincinnati but uh the the show was just uh, a lot of fun man and I don't know what to say. They did a good job. We'll get into it a little more. We got we got some uh, from some takes from the show floor. We'll get into it a little later. But uh, I tell you, good times, man. Model shows are are a lot of fun. Yep, it reemphasizes what I've been saying to folks. You know, if you're if you're modeling and you're out there and you're you know modeling alone, or maybe you've got a local club and you go to the club, but you never go to contests. Go to contests, man. It it adds so much to your overall modeling experience. I urge you, you know, you don't have to enter if you don't want to enter, but at least go and interact with those people. And they're 99% of them are geeks and dorks just like us. And you, you, you already share a common language in modeling. So yeah, I tell you what, uh, anytime I come back, come off of a contest, I'm, I'm always jazzed. Well, that's always good, man. S- same here. And we call them contests, but it's a show. Like Dave said, you don't have to compete if you don't want yep. to. You bring your stuff, put it on the table and don't care about the results. That's one way to do it. Or, or, or don't just come and, and, uh, see the folks and, and peruse the, uh, the vendors that are there and then talk to your friends and make some new ones, et cetera. It's, uh, it's a good time. I had a good time. It, it was a, a really good weekend. Yes. Yep. So, uh, Mike, uh, you got a modeling fluid in hand? I'm 
suspect we might have the same one. Uh, I think we've got the same one. I think we're getting to the end of our uh, IPMS National Convention dearth. Yes. Is that right? Alcohol Hall. Alcohol Hall. Alcohol squared. Yes. Uh, I think... Dave is sipping on the same thing I am, and sipping is going to be the primary word here. Yes. We'll get into that later. Uh, Sorte Liger Prestige. This is a Canadian whiskey that has been flavored with Canadian maple syrup. Yep. And uh, we're both imbibing in that tonight. and uh, Very gently. We'll, uh, we'll break it down at the end. Can't wait. Well, in addition to Canadian whiskeys and model shows, Dave, we have a, a little bit of listener mail. Good. And I think we probably ought to just roll right into that. Sounds good. And one's a good segue. Michael Ward, the president of the Cincinnati Scale Modelers. Now, they've got a show coming up at the toward the end of next month. We'll, October 22nd. We'll, that's right. We'll harp on that a little more later in the Maybe in a couple of places, actually. Yep. Uh, but uh, he's uh, wanting us to participate again. Well, he's asking if we are, and we are, as a matter of fact. That's the plan. That's a, that. Our intent is to be at that show, Michael. Yes. Uh, and he's offered for us to participate at a little bit higher level than we might normal, and we're kind of interested in that, too. So we'll be in contact. Now, I'd sent uh, Michael a reply via email. Because uh, I was thinking he might be at our show in in Louisville this past weekend. Yeah, he was not, but we did meet the webmaster Will Will Kurt. Yes, I think that's correct. Yeah, uh, and he was a liaison for Michael in the, in the Cincinnati Scale Modelers Club. And uh, good to meet you, Will. And yes, barring no unforeseen circumstances, Dave and I will be at the uh, Cincinnati Scale Modelers show at the uh, what is it, War- Warbird Museum. Tri-State Warbird Museum. That's right. Should be a good time again. That was, God, it's been a year. You believe that? Yeah, I know. It seems like the blink of an eye. Uh, that's not cool. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, our next email, Dave, is from uh, Mojovian Special Agent 002. <laughs> Mr. Stephen Lee, trying to crack the egg that is Three Floyds Brewery, and uh, unfortunately, he only cracked his head this time. Ah, well, he made the effort, and that 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 alone counts. He made the effort, and there's some uh, esoteric uh, references to University of Kentucky and Alan McClellan's Virginia and Ohio Model Railroad Op sessions. Etc. Etc. Net is no information. Ah, uh, you and I are going to have to go up and stage a sit-in or something. I don't know. I don't think it's going to matter. <laughs> well, let's 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 give a little caveat to what he uh, what he had to say. Um, now, this is speculation, but uh, Steve is under the impression that possibly Three Floyds is in transfer of ownership. And maybe they're playing their media close to the cuff until all that is resolved. And that could be. And if so, that's understandable. 
you know, we'll try again after they've kicked out a beer with an Italeri box art and a Fujimi box art. I'm telling you, <laughs> I think I think Monogram is the next one. We we need to we need to start a pool or something. I think Monogram is their next uh, box yeah, art. Unless they fired the guy, we we just don't know. Yeah, right? that's true. Hopefully, he didn't get fired. <laughs> At least not for doing those. <laughs> Oh man, Ken Beckler. Oh, Ken the car man Beckler yep. from uh Polish Coast Watchers, Peoria, Illinois. Yep. Now he's got a confession to make. Uh-oh. This isn't gonna get us some sort of rating, is it? Uh no. Mr. Beckler uh duly admits that uh, he's the guilty party at the SAC Museum. He was laying on his back under the MiG-21, taking photos up the uh, landing gear strut. <laughs> while we were while we were feasting at Shea Sack. Yes. Which, uh, that, that's a compliment. Yes, it is. Shea Sack. <laughs> More like shaved sack. But, you know, we were in a, we were in a model, mu- or in an air, aircraft museum, man. What, what, you know, you're not going to get fine French dining there. That's right. Well, anyway, he enjoyed the, uh, the mention well, I guess it was backhanded. He, we didn't know who we were talking about. It just turns That's up right. it's, it's it's him laying on his back, shooting up the landing gear of MiG-21. Uh, but he also uh, wants to take us to task for talking about super glue and going to take a piss. Uh-oh. Because, because when he was listening to that little bit of the last episode or episode when we did mention that, yep. listener mail, uh, he was trying to describe panel lines. <laughs> Okay, well, you you sand and rescribe, man. Sorry about That's that. That's right. A little putty was involved there. There you go. Sorry, sorry about that, but not really. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Kenser, no geography. Still yet another catapult cable candidate. All right. What's this? Ten pound Berkeley Solutions fishing line. Hmm. Hmm. I I don't know if it's got the correct braid that I need or not, but uh, it's worth looking I think at. I, I, I think I've got a solution, but definitely worth looking at. So yeah. thank you for that, Eric. Yeah. So anything we can do to get Mike moving on that project, we need to get we need to get him to make a decision and move onward. Uh, and I will, in my defense, will say that offering more choices is not making that happen. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Jetson is the contributor to the Mojo Dojo Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Cedar Ridge bourbon. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. We got another name with another alcohol. That's right. That was pretty good uh, bourbon. I got to say. I, I tell you that, that was not bad for not being a Kentucky bourbon. That was not bad. Not bad. No, no, it was, that, that was very drinkable. High five on that. Good job. Uh, he came to, well, obviously he came to uh, Omaha because he, he gave us a bottle of bourbon. Right. Each, maybe. Yep. You know what else he did while he was there? What? Well, by by Sunday, he was 90% complete of a Zvezda BRDM2 armored car that he brought to build while he was at the show. I've done that before. I have actually... At a couple of nationals, uh, to the last one that comes to mind was Chattanooga in 2019, 
I sat there in Terry Hill's hotel room with me, Terry, and Rich. And we were watching, uh, uh, it's like NFL preseason football game. And we're sitting there, <laughs> all, all three of us were modeling, watching the football game. You know, it, 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 it was, it was enjoyable as heck. He sent some photos and he finishes a check vehicle. So it's, it's pretty nice. I'll give him that. But I, uh, I, I like the BRDM too. There's, I, I, I like armored cars and I particularly like that vehicle. Let me say it this way. The way we took on the nationals this year and the year before that, there's not time to build models in the hotel room. Yeah. Well, we, we have a busy social life. <laughs> we do. So <laughs> Robert, if that's your thing, knock it out of the park. You, you certainly got almost all the way. You got a model. You almost finished a model while you were there. So if you, yes. if, if, if you finished a model during the, the weekend of the Nats, you accomplished, you're, you're so much ahead of me. It's not even funny, but yep. if you're in San Marcos, Come see us. We'll do yes. everything we can to, in the world to make you not be able to finish a model 90% while you're at nationals. That's right. <laughs> and we, we, we have ways. We have ways. We have ways of making you talk. That's right. <laughs> Derek Post. Now, Derek gave us that nice bottle of McAllen 12-year. Mm, that, that, uh, that is a gentleman. He is. And... Uh, He's pleased the missus enjoyed the scotch, and I am too. I tell you, it was something to be able to walk in the door from a model show being gone all weekend and give the front end of the story and then pull that out of my bag. Yeah. 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 It gets you greeted more warmly than you otherwise might have been. What's your wife like, Dave? We'll have to get a get some of that and like tuck it away and then act like somebody gave it to us. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Well, uh, she likes Fireball. Uh, uh, what? She, yeah, she likes Fireball. She likes uh, um, Snoop Dogg thirteen or nineteen crimes wine, um, <laughs> and she she likes and Guinness. Well, well, except she can't drink Guinness or any most beers now because she's trying to avoid gluten. Um, but she's found a couple of gluten free beers that she really likes. And considering that my wife and I met in a microbrewery, uh, you know, beer, beer's her thing. All right. Well, we'll keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, Derek liked the, liked the nostalgia episode. You know, I tell you, surprisingly, we worked on that episode a long time. Yes. And maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but uh, that went over pretty, pretty well. As much as we could expect. I mean, it was a, co a completely different take on the hobby. And I think uh, we we touched a lot of people's inner child, maybe. I don't know how else to say it, but, uh, you know, we, we got a lot of emails and, and a lot of feedback uh, through Messenger and stuff that uh, what that reminded them of and what, you know, it's on and on and on. I think nostalgia is probably a bigger part of the modeling experience than any of us acknowledge or even may realize up front. It's only at the back of your brain where 
you know, these things are tickling those nostalgia, the nostalgia nerve endings. But yes, you're right. We got a lot more response to that episode than, frankly, I had expected. Well, Derek must fall within a few years of, of my own age because uh, the nostalgia builds he's doing right now are from television shows, and they're all from the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, General Lee from uh, Dukes of Hazard, Magnum P.I., the Ferrari. Oh, yeah. And, and TC's helicopter. Oh, which is funny because my, my between me and my two best friends in high school, uh, we, we had a a transferable nickname, Orville, <laughs> which was Rick. You know right. the 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 bar owner the the right. third the third guy was was his middle name Rick yes. Orville Wright, and so that was our transferable nickname to anybody d- depending on it. It was a uh, what would you call situational dependent? Sure. Well, so, you know the the actor who played TC, the helicopter pilot, just died within the last year. That's a great show, man. Yes that that was a that was a really good show. And, and his oddball, he's still looking for a BJ and the Bear semi at a reasonable price. A BJ? Oh God, BJ and the Bear. You know the guy with the chimpanzee? Yes, I know exactly who it is. I just had not a thought of BJ and the. And, okay, does, does it come with a Stax figure? It might. Who knows? <laughs> but, but okay, I just can't imagine the pitch. How, TV TV pitch meetings must have been wild in the seventies and early eighties. Maybe it was the drugs. Maybe it, I, don't I don't know, know what know. it was. But can you imagine a pitch meeting where the pitch is a guy driving a semi and he has a pet chimpanzee named Bear, and they do adventures. I don't know, man. <laughs> Just it's amazing. I hope he finds his BJ in the Bear semi. Uh, it's got to be out there, surely. Sure. You know, hey there, where you're going? Not exactly knowing. <laughs> Who's to say you have a place to call home? Oh man, <laughs> how, how do I remember that? I thought I was going to say, <laughs> how did you pull that out of your brain? <laughs> oh my god. You know, that was one of those shows that I never could, I wanted to watch it, but I, I, would, I would always miss it because I, for whatever reason, I was, you know, it's, it's like on a Tuesday night at eight o'clock or something right. weird, you know? So, cause it probably wasn't very good to begin. <laughs> I, I will confess. I watched a number of those episodes. BJ McKay and his best friend bear. And keep in mind guys, for the younger folks who are listening to this back when Mike and I were growing up. There were only three television channels, four if you were lucky, and if the president was on, your entire TV viewing night was shot. So (laughs) it's not like today where you've got 10,000 channels and can watch anything that was ever made anywhere. And if you were lucky after midnight, you didn't just have static, but you had the, uh, the air traffic control tower at the airport. That's right. Maybe. Maybe. Kevin Patrick, San Antonio, Texas. Ah, another newcomer to the hobby. Really? I uh, get this. Now this 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 will give you enthusiasm to keep doing what you're doing in an upcoming segment of Plastic Model Mojo, Dave. <laughs> All right. 
A coworker recommended your podcast, and I've been listening now for several months. There you go, man. There you go. You're vindicated. That's right. That's right. The best way for us to get a listener is a recommendation from one of you all who's listening right now. So go do it when you're done listening to this. Well, somebody did it, and Kevin Patrick from San Antonio, Texas, is in full now. And uh, he's been in the hobby since January, so nine and a half months at this point. Welcome. You uh, you came in at the right time, man. This is the golden age of, of modeling. Last modeling was 30 years ago as a teenager. Welcome back. Now he's a former Air Force instructor pilot, so a lot oh. of a lot of a lot of crap's gone down since uh, he was a teenager. Which which probably b- means he builds nothing but armor. <laughs> no facetious, Dave. Yes, he builds T thirty eight A's, which is a plane he used to fly. Imagine oh that. yeah, uh, and also includes T thirty sevens and T six Texans. I can understand. Sounds like he likes trainers. Yes. Sounds like a man dedicated to training pilots. Welcome back to the hobby, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, that's way closer to San Marcos than Lexington, Kentucky. Yep. We, we'll be so in his get, neighborhood next year. Well, if, if, if you're at the Nationals and we're at the Nationals, come by the table and uh, give us a big Texas howdy. Yep. How about that? Stephen Berktold from Covina, California. Now we've heard from Stephen before. Uh, Steve was having adhesion problems with, uh, mission models, paint comment redacted. Okay. <laughs> uh, he mailed, emailed Dr. Strangebrush, John Miller at model paint solutions. Mm-hmm. And, uh, John referred him to the website and his CP 30 formula information for, uh, Mission Models paint and, and other paints, really. Yeah. And, in capital letters, John followed up with a phone call. That's that's our John. Get this right. Steve didn't call John. John called Steve. Dr. Strangebrush is that type of person, guys. So Seriously. Discuss ways that the, the primary way he had already recommended, other ways to resolve the issue. Kudos to Model Paint Solutions. John is unreal. Absolutely, he is. And uh, folks, John's got his way to do things. They work for John. They'll work for other people. If you do it different, that's fine. But uh, the man's work stands for itself, and he's he's willing to share and help other people. And that's that's what it's all about, in our opinion. Yep. Scott McPhee from Saskatchewan. Scott's written in before. Now, if you remember, if folks will roll back the episodes a little bit. Mr. McPhee was curious if there was a way to get some sponsorships or contributions to his desire to have a scale modeling event at his school where he's employed. Mm-hmm. So Scott has sent out an email. Looks like he blind carbon copy us and, and others. Cause I've seen the activity start. So I've started, I've started to see the groundswell happen. So, He's asking for folks willing to donate supplies, kits, whatever, right? Yeah. To his effort. And uh, I think it's a great idea. And I, I noticed just, just tonight that Wings and Wheels, are they in Ottawa? Where are they? Uh, yeah, they're Toronto. 
Toronto. Yeah, that's right. Uh, has has already in their shop. Sounds like have put a, a donation box for Scott. Good. And folks, folks can go by there and then dump in whatever they want: kits, supplies, paints, sand and paper, paintbrushes. I don't know. Pick a kit that you think a kid would enjoy building. About you know from zero skill level to to novice, I guess, and supplies to 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 get that down the road and help Scott out. And, and you know, I guess he asked us about this first, maybe and. You know, we'll have to see what we can do. We got some friends in yep. Canada. Maybe we, we can uh, we can help them out as well. Yep, we can organize something. I'm sure uh, we could help them from the from the U.S., but the the shipping's going to be stupid on. Yeah, it. I know. Well, well, we 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 have connections. We'll we'll figure something out. We may be able to get a run made across the border to mail in Canada. So we'll see. We'll put that together. We'll put something together. But listen, that's a. You know, we all complain about kids sitting today staring at screens and, and, you know, not doing anything. And, you know, model building is something where kids use their minds. You got to read the instructions. You got to visualize a 2D item as a 3D. Um, you know, you have to be able to rotate the parts in your mind. That's it's right. really fantastic for for. And then you got to hold them in your hands and actually glue them together. Yeah, well, that's where I have the trouble. But uh, in any event, <laughs> it it is really good, a good activity for kids. So you know, I applaud anybody who is doing stuff to get kids at least exposed to modeling. So if anybody out there can help Scott out, we'll we'll put this up on the the dojo Facebook group. Yep. And I know it's already making the rounds on the Canadian side of things, and we can certainly touch in that as well. Um, I think Scott's, Scott McPhee's problem needs to be not enough stuff to too much stuff. <laughs> too much stuff. We'll see if we, we can make that happen. We need to flip this on him and uh, keep him busy for, for at least a couple of school years to come, I think would be a, a noble effort on our part. I agree. Brandon Jacobs, this is a show notice. Uh, folks, remember about a year ago, we talked about Winter Blitz in College Station, Texas. Well, guess what? They're back again. Good. More model shows, the merrier. And not only are they back, they're back in it and in an expanded format. We'll That's post this information sign. up instead of running through it all here because it's quite a bit. But uh, Brandon Jacobs, again, is telling us about Winter Blitz in College Station, Texas at the Museum of the American GI. Winter Blitz because it is January 21st, 2023. Now, that wouldn't go over in Midwest and north of here. That's right. Yeah, you can't hold a model show in, in January, <laughs> December or January. Even, even us being at the top of the South. Uh, it's still a little too cold. www.winter-blitz.com, and we'll post that in the show notes. That's the website to get this going. Again, uh, Museum of the American GI. It's kind of like the show in Cincinnati. This is a absolutely fabulous place to have a model show. Yep. Because right there behind their tables are the real thing. Always a pleasure to promote stuff like this. So, Brandon, there you go, man. Winter Blitz 2023. Well, Dave, we are almost to the end of the listener mail segment from the email side, so you know who's next. Up next is Michael Karnalka from New York City, which is where apparently they make all the picante sauces other than pace. That's right. 
he finds himself in need of a script as to which woodland scenics or other dry transfer lettering might be useful or decal dry tra- or decal lettering might be useful because he's never held it in his hands, right? Yeah. So he wants to ask you and I, is there something that we still need to hold in our hand in person before we actually commit to buying? Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll start out here. I, I okay. think to, to a large degree and I don't know, 60, 70, 75% of the time, maybe the internet has kind of solved this problem. Yes. For, for most things, I can understand that getting the right size lettering mm, might be a little different. Right. Uh, I, I, I tell you from, from, from the era prior to now, uh, I just about stopped buying cottage industry resin before actually seeing it. Yes. Just because, because of AEF designs. <laughs> That's exactly who I was thinking of. Uh, oh, man. And a few, and a few, and a few others, but, uh, yes, you know, uh, I'm not going to get, uh, <laughs> if I get challenged on that, I've got a lot of support in my corner. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> truth, truth is an absolute defense. Uh, and lettering sets. Yeah, I kind of get it. I, other than some some aftermarket, but this is kind of like pre-internet and and early internet. I think uh, I think now it's I, I feel a lot better about it, but 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 still I catch myself wanting to see stuff. I I can't name a specific item or company or producer off the top of my head that that makes me want to do that. So if you can, Dave, more power to you, but. Um, yes, I, I fully understand the theme of his question here. Yes, I, I do too. And there are certain model manufacturers. I want to see their kit in person before, um, uh, before pulling the trigger, because, uh, unlike some or most of the manufacturers whose quality is very consistent, there are some manufacturers that are hit and miss, and you don't want to, and usually their kits tend to be a little bit expensive. So you don't want to pull the trigger on that, but I'll tell you one that the, the large area that, that probably is true for me is tools. Yeah, that's a good one. I generally want to, now later in the episode, I, I broke this rule, uh, but in general, I don't want to buy a tool unless I've actually seen it in person. Cause even videos or photographs and all don't really let you know how it feels in your hand or, or how it, you know, the, the whether or not you really think it'll be useful. So probably the thing I want to hold most in my hand before pulling the trigger on it is any sort of modeling tool. Um, airbrush, by the way, because airbrushes, the way they feel in your hand is a very important part of their use. So, yeah, tools. There you go, Michael. Well, I sitting here talking, I, I think 
there are times, not all the time, but there are times I like to go peruse the entire evergreen selection. Yes. And there are times when I think, when I'm thinking about using a new paint, a new paint brand I've never used before. If I can go look at their entire range in person, that kind of helps my decision. Yes. I hope that answered this question. Well, we did, yep. but I, under, I understand the, the, the lettering because just giving like a letter height is not enough. You need to know the, the font style and the, and the thickness of the letters. And uh, it's, it's, I right. get it. You I need understand. to see it in person. You got to see it to believe it. Yep. Well, Dave, from the, uh, the email side of things, that's it. What, what, uh, what's going up on the, uh, well, on the other side of things. Well, uh, again, as we've opened up the the Plastic Model Dojo Facebook page, um, a you guys are building a lot. You, you're putting me to shame, uh, and you're inspiring me. So I'm I'm just thrilled. But it is like drinking from a fire hose. Um, I have gotten a couple of uh, Facebook Messenger messages I wanted to to uh, bring up. One is we've got another liquor identification. Mr. Josh, <laughs> Mr. Josh Buck is the person who uh, brought the High West Rye to Omaha. That's pretty so, good. Thank you very much. Mike really enjoyed it. So. Uh, We've got one more, one more identified. We'll we'll eventually get them all figured out. Um, <laughs> Ed Barreth, actually, you, you remember Ed from our previous episode on what did we title that? Well, system engineering. System engineering. And then he also had a a spot we did with him on the Yellow Wings, right? He, right he, after in, Las in Vegas. The, Las Vegas, yeah, yeah. Well, he was reaching out to tell us that uh, he's got an article on his Yellow Wings Buffalo coming up in the digital edition of Fine Scale Modeler, the October 2022 edition. So, um, you know, his stuff is very, very nice. Uh, His Yellow Wings stuff is particularly nice. So if you're out there and inclined to, Take a look at that uh, issue of the of the digital fine scale, and uh, uh, I'm sure his article will be well worth it. Anything else, Dave? Yes, finally, one that I want to mention in relation to the show. Uh, for a number of years, running 72nd Scale Aircraft Forum and participating on it, one of the early... Uh, uh, joiners of that forum is a guy named Warren Dickinson. And Warren lives in southern Kentucky, not too gosh awful far from Fort Campbell, the military base, uh, and not too far from Louisville, about two and a half hours and then a time change uh, as well. Uh, But I've been wanting to, I've interacted with Warren over the years numerous times and I have tried to get him to come up to our show and finally succeeded. And he got up here to our show. So I finally got to meet Warren in person and he hung out with us uh, a fair amount yeah. at the show. And he's as nice a person in person as he is online, uh, which, which is great. Um, 
But it just, again, goes to show you that going to model shows, it was finally nice to interact in person because it does add that extra dimension. As much as we've interacted over the years online, it's it's it adds a dimension to actually sit and talk face to face. So oh, it so was a good real to person. See- there's a there's a real person sitting there. Yes, absolutely. It was good to see Warren, and I expect to see him back next year. I do too, with some entries. There you go. <laughs> he may have had some, but I'm encouraging to bring some more. Yep. All right. If you want to get involved with the listener mail, you can do so by emailing us at plasticmodelmojo at gmail.com, or you can talk to us through Facebook Messenger. That's another avenue. Dave usually handles that, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Yep, they're great. This is the point in the episode where I ask you, if you haven't done so, please, at the end of listening to this episode, go to whatever podcast app you listen to us on, rate the show five stars, subscribe, and also, if you'll please do what the listener did for the the member who wrote, or the listener who wrote in to us. Recommend our show to a friend, a modeling friend. If you do that, it helps us grow. We get more listeners. And uh, I appreciate, obviously, people are doing it and it's working. Please keep it up. In addition to our podcast, you want to check out all the other podcasts out in the model sphere. You can do so by going to modelpodcast.com. That's modelpodcastplural.com. Modelpodcast.com is a consortium website set up with the help of Stuart Clark from Scale Model Podcasts to provide a single repository of all the podcasts out there in the, in the model sphere who are participating with us in this kind of a joint cross-promotion. Uh, this site helps us from having to run down through all the podcasts every episode, and you can go there and find a banner link to each one. Go there directly, then subscribe to those that you like from there. And... Uh, you can see them all. In addition to the podcasts, we've got some blog and YouTube friends we'd like to promote. Jim Bates of Scale Canadian TV was our uh, third chair guest host last episode. And he's always got something good going on. Jeff Groves, the Inchai guy, 72nd scale blog. Uh, you're going to hear from Jeff a little bit later because he caught up with us at the uh, MMCL Invitational. So we got to see Jeff. Always a good time. Yes. Stephen Lee, Sprue Pie with Fretz. In addition to being Majovian Agent 002, he's also runs a great blog, Sprue Pie with Fretz. Check it out, and hopefully he'll get to the bottom of this model kit box art for the beer. Yes. Chris Wallace, Model Airplane Maker. Great blog, great YouTube channel. Uh, I think the last one I watched was uh, painting his uh, engines for his SR-71. Yep. Good stuff. Check out Chris's blog. You're going to learn something. Yep. And one more, Evan McCallum, Panzermeister 36. He ought to be plugging us. He's more famous than we are. Yeah, that's right. YouTube channel. Dropped two videos in the last stinking, what, three weeks? Yes. He is cranking out the content. 
he, he's killing it. So he's setting a high bar for himself. So Evan, keep it up, man. Yep. And we're going to get him back on here real soon. Absolutely. And uh, if you haven't joined your national IPMS organization, IPMS USA, IPMS Canada, IPMS Australia, IPMS Norway, whatever, please consider joining your national organization. I can tell you from very recent personal experience that the folks who volunteer to run the national organization sacrifice time that they would rather be modeling to help run the organization, to help make it a better experience for all modelers. Uh, There's a lot of things that your national chapter does that affects modelers, especially ones who go to model shows, even if they are not a, a member of the national organization. So do yourself a favor, participate in the national organization, join your your national IPMS uh, uh, organization, be that IPMS USA, IPMS Canada, etc. Don't forget to, if you are on Facebook and haven't done so already, seek out the Plastic Model Dojo and uh, ask to join. We'll get you approved and get you in there. The community has uh, been in existence, what, less than 14 days, and it has just exploded. There is a lot of great modeling going on. There's a lot of great interchange. So please, if you're on Facebook, search out the Plastic Model Dojo and join in. Well, Dave, let's take a minute and have a word from our sponsor. Plastic Model Mojo is now brought to you by Model Paint Solutions, your source for harder Steenbeck airbrushes, David Union power tools, and laboratory-grade mixing, measuring, and storage tools for use with all your model paints, be they acrylic, enamels, or lacquers. Check them out at www.modelpaintsolutions.com. Well, Dave, let's come and make it in Texas. I cannot wait, man. Well, at the time of this recording, Dave, it is 316 days from the IPMS 2023 National Convention in San Marcos, Texas. Time is flying by. It is. We're under a year. Uh, We've already passed the uh, opening of the hotel registration window. We all know how that went. Yep. Gangbusters, pretty much. So hopefully folks are still getting their hotel rooms at at the nearby nearby hotels. Yep. It's not a train wreck, folks. Just uh, get a room, man, and and come 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 to the show. Yep. it's going to be fun. Absolutely, you'll love it. Well, the the next milestone, Dave, is pre registration. That window opens March first of next year. Uh, that's going to come up pretty quick because yep. uh, seems like time accelerates through the holidays. But uh, keep that in mind. March first, twenty twenty three. You can start pre registering for the for the convention to keep up with all this information. You can go to www.nats2023.com. That's the website for the National Convention. Uh, you'll, if you go there, you can see things get populated as as they roll out the website for pre-registration. You can keep up with the vendors, seminars, etc. cetera. Uh, you can get most of your information there, if not all of it. Uh, and there's also the 2023 IPMS USA National Convention Facebook page. Now, this page keeps getting passed from one convention to the other and kind of builds on itself. Uh, they, they changed the name. Right. But uh, it just keeps kind of marching along. And so right now it's, it's a pretty big group. Uh, but there's also not only show information being conveyed there, but uh, 
also the the reaction to the public at large can be can be enjoyed there as well. So uh, please, if you if you're going to the convention and plan on attending, uh, you you're going to want to be a part of that group and just just see what's going on. Dave, it's the Benchtop Halftime Report by Tackett Z. Tackett Z, the must-have tools for the model maker, who we got to spend some time with at the Louisville show, in fact. Yes, and he 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 gave us a potential new product for you to test out. i tell you what else. Uh, we talked shop, not not a hobby shop, but a real-world shop at the show, and uh, now I've been talking to Ed with my, with, with my job, as a matter of fact. Oh, really? That's right. That's fantastic. So, so – Maybe Ed can help me out on the work scene as well, but that's neither here nor there, Dave. What is on your bench? <laughs> well, the Kate has been primed, sanded, rescribed, um, uh, reprimed, and then I'm trying you know, again. What's your plan for getting better? Normally, my painting routine has been to after the primer and the rescribing and everything go in and lay in my base coat and then I alter the base coat with lights and darks uh, after the, the base coat is on. Um, you've I'm sure seen around people use the technique that they call marbling where after you apply a belt black base, you use say a light gray or some series of colors to create a, a, a variation before you lay on your base coat. And the theory being that you lay on your base coat thinner, and this breaks up that monotone base coat uh, before you then go back and start laying things over the base coat. Uh, I've never done that before. It's just not part of the techniques I've been doing in the past, but. I have this, I have the opportunity to do it. So I went ahead and uh, applied some marbling, clouding, whatever you want to call it to the, to the Kate. And um, um, I'll post some pictures. I took a couple of pictures last night. Uh, I'll post some pictures on the dojo and uh, I can't wait to see how it works. We'll see. I'm learning something new. What's going on with the buff? I knew you were going to ask that. It's sitting behind me, mocking me. (laughs) Well, you've seen it. You <laughs> after after the the show here in Louisville, Mike and his lovely wife and his younger son came by my house. We had a cookout and swim, and he got a quick tour of my model room uh, and mocked me roundly for the fact that the buff is ninety uh, percent done, sitting there, just needs to finish the painting and then putting on the decals and and that and the rest of it. And, uh, he rightly mocked me for it. So yes, I've got to get back to that. Yes. I'm going to do it soon. I hope to have <laughs> one of these two models done for Cincinnati. Cause I do not want to go up to Cincinnati with just the SS two. Yeah. That'd be a good plan. Yes. That's my plan for getting better. <laughs> so now that you've made fun of me, what's your bench look like? Well, my bench finally has the KV-85 project at the point where I was hoping it would be about at the end of two weekends ago. I understand that jelly beans play a really important part in your modeling process. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Oh, okay. I've uh, got all the work on the swing arms done. 
they've all been re-engineered to be more similar to a conventional armor kit with the axle being on the swing arm. All my uh, lamenting the fact that Bronco chose to poorly gate a few parts like the swing arm caps. It's all that was successfully uh, navigated. Uh, the drive sprockets are together. The idler wheels are together. Uh, I just got to marry it all together now, the suspension onto the hull. And then I got to take a little bit of a diversion um, because I want to articulate the suspension. I'm going to have to go start thinking about the base I'm going to display this on. I've got some mini art Russian railroad tracks I'm going to have to put together and a, a track set to get in. I think I'm getting a little help from uh, the posse. Scott Gentry is helping me uh, get my hands on some of the proper 3D printed tracks for this. There'll be more on that later. Uh, appreciate that, Scott. Once I have all that in hand and and put together, I can articulate the sp- suspension the way I want to and, and get it set permanent and then start moving on with the upper hull, which is a, a whole new adventure. Let's just say that. <laughs> Now, hopefully, once once I get that down the road and have the catapult cable selected for my uh, E16 and catapult, possibly that one's going to start moving in a week or so as well. So, That's, looking good on the bench. Well, I was going to mock you on the E16, so I'm glad you mentioned it. Just just basically to pay you back for the deserved mocking on the B52. Um, no, that's fair enough. <laughs> So, so you're going to have to, to, I take it for the KV-85, you're going to have to build the base in its, I guess, if you're using it to actually set the suspension on the KV-85 lower hull, you're going to have to have the base, while not done completely, at least in a form where you know that the, that the parts you have on the base are in their final position, right? Right. I'll build up the railroad tracks and the in the uh, the roadbed and get the base basic display the way I want it, and then articulate the suspension based on it. And you know, hopefully, all the the media I use for the terrain, you know, to fill all that in is is going to be kind of uh, uh, what to say it it won't impact too greatly on the uh, the articulation of the suspension. The kind of it's kind of a the final layer, I guess. Yeah, would be a way to say it. That the 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 gross transformation of the suspension is going to be taken up by the the kind of the rough terrain that I'm going to create. Sure. And hopefully the 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 soft terrain under that the 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 whatever material I use to form the dirt and the the berm and all that the earth will be malleable enough to take up any gaps in that once it's all done. And I, th- I think it will. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, it's a pretty solid plan. It's just, it's just pulling it all together. So hopefully, hopefully soon we'll, uh, I'll get these road wheels installed and all that on the tank, shoot a couple of photographs for the dojo and then, uh, start building railroad tracks from mini art. That's the plan. That sounds fantastic. Hey guys, it's Chris here talking about Inside the Armour Publications. Great news. Volume 2 of Models for Ukraine is out for pre-order now. The first book raised over £19,000 for the Disasters Emergency Committee Ukraine Appeal. 
and we hope this book will raise more than 22,000 to add to that total. The book features a number of fantastic artists, including Alex Clark, Calvin Tan, Emilienne Diablo, Vance Lubin, Felipe Costa Ramirez, Harvey Lowe, Ian Baraclough, Jean-Bernard André, John Colasante, Jose Brito, Katerina Derbalova, Paolo Portoese, René van der Hart, Robert Blocker, Sam Dwyer, and many more. If you'd like to pre-order the book, I suggest you do it as soon as possible, because it's already selling very fast. Just go to InsideTheArmor.com where you can pre-order your book and where you can also order any of our fantastic publications on paper or in ebook formats. So, Mike, uh, you attended a model show. Did you break your wallet? Oh, not too bad, Dave. Okay. I'm thinking even 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 prior to the model show, I think I've been pretty good. But let's let's talk about that a little bit. The vendors at our show, the MMCL Invitational for 2022, uh, we had, you know, there were a couple of hobby shops there or hobby shops slash online. What you might call a commercial vendor. A commercial vendor. Uh, there was a bunch of uh, secondhand like stash clearing yes. dudes there. Yep. And there was a lot of interesting stuff to be bought and. You know, we just come off that nostalgia episode, and uh, uh, yeah, I might have bought a few things. Yes, nostalgia might have been lingering in your in your case. That's that that's right. There was a guy who had a a box on the floor, which is always a good sign. Oh yeah, when the box isn't, isn't even worthy of the table, and in that box was a just ton of seventy second scale and seventy sixth scale armor from. Matchbox, Airfix, Fujimi, Hasegawa, just you name it. Yep. If it was kind of old, it was probably in there. Uh, f- for about $3 each, I got Airfix on the blister card, the six-pound anti-tank gun and the Bryn carrier, and I got the the Matador tractor and the 155-millimeter howitzer. And then I got, in the Matchbox boxing, it's kind of hard to find, but the long-range desert group, the the rover and the Willie's Jeep. Yep. I think Ravel probably makes that one now, but well, you I know. I think IBG or somebody just fairly recently released a brand new one. They may have, but I got the old one, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nostalgia, baby. <laughs> uh and it's it's fun. I, you know, my nostalgia stash is probably uh probably probably at uh hitting the top limit there. I'm probably gonna stop stop buying that kind of stuff for a little while. Before you turn into Jim Bates. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm trying to think what I bought because we haven't really run this segment since Nationals and we've already talked about that. So uh, I've got some things on order that haven't come in yet, but we'll save those for later. What about you? Well, uh, I went to, to the show as well and I bought a decal sheet. Uh, Williams Brothers used to make a B10 kit. They still do, as a matter of fact, but a new B10 kit was released by Special Hobby, and I happen to have one of those. But I found a vendor who had the old, apparently Williams Brothers sold the decal sheet for the B10 separately. And uh, I found a vendor who had it. So it had all the markings for Thai and Dutch East Indies and Chinese and all of the, the B10 users. So I bought that sheet. Um, 
uh, Uncle Daddy was was trimming his book collection, uh, and he had a couple of books. There was a, a series of three volumes called um, Setting Suns, and they are pictures of captured and Japanese uh, wrecked Japanese aircraft from World War II, and it just. He had two of the volumes, five bucks a piece. Uh, I didn't have these books. I knew of their existence, uh, but uh, it just, it absolutely is one of those books that you just look through and it's diorama inspiration after diorama inspiration. Uh, In fact, I expect Steve Husted's going to look through these books and uh, eventually start a series of Japanese aircraft like he did with the Battle of Britain 109s. Um, (laughs) In addition, I, I... I bought uh, uh, $20 worth of raffle tickets for our raffle. Uh, our raffle at the MMCL show is one of the highlights of the show. And they used a new system of barcoded raffle tickets that made finding your your winners uh, really easy because the system put the numbers drawn in um, numerical order, and then as people turned in the tickets, the numbers got remu- removed, and it was a vast improvement over the old write all the numbers on a on a big pad of paper and then scratch through them, etc. So it made claiming your items really, really easy. And uh, I have never failed, including this time, to come away with more items uh, from the raffle than easily outpace the $20 in tickets I spent. Uh, the big item that I ended up with was the 116th scale TACOM PZ-1. I have no idea what I'm going to do with that. but I do. <laughs> yeah, not build it. That is the one thing I can guarantee you I won't do, but I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. Uh, but uh, Oh, and one other thing. Somebody mentioned uh, uh, or pointed out or brought to my attention, uh, Dispay makes this, for want of a better term, a hand steadier, which is really a a ball with a with a rod sticking out of it. That for folks like me who have an essential tremor, it, it if you rest either your hand on it or a paintbrush if you're using a paintbrush or a pair of tweezers um, while you're modeling, it takes the tremor out of the, out of the whatever's being manipulated. Um, And uh, somebody, and I can't remember who out there was kind enough to bring it to my attention. And then they also followed up with a YouTube video, uh, which I think was in German actually uh, of somebody using, <laughs> using this thing. And I was intrigued enough that, like I said, I, I normally like to have tools in my hand before I buy them. I was intrigued to money uh, enough to spend the money and pull the trigger. And that's on its way here now. So when it gets here, I'll report on uh, whether it's, it really is useful or not. We'll see. But uh, I spent a little money. Well, good. I'm sure the vendors appreciate it, Dave. Yes. Well, Dave, our, our special segment tonight deals deals with the show, the MMCL IPMS Invitational for for 2022. 
we had a great time, man. And one of the things we like to talk about a lot is running into old friends at these things. And our, our first segment is that uh, we talked to Jeff Groves, the inch high guy, owner of the inch high guy blog, built a lot of 70 second scale stuff and brought a bunch to the show. Brought a bunch, brought some of his P-51s, brought the Scammel with the Churchill in tow. Yeah, he brought some um, KI-84s, too. That, that's right. You know, his batch building may be a, a, an excellent topic for uh, a future episode. Yep, I agree. But until then, let's uh, have a gander at what uh, Jeff Groves had to say when we talked to him at the show. Look who we found, Dave. It's Jeff Groves, inch high guy. Hey, one of the great things about the Louisville show is you always get to run into to inch. Well, Jeff, thanks for coming to our neck of the woods. Yeah, it's it's always a great show. I love the raffle down here, and it's always a, a good trip. Well, well, how, how far was it for you? About three hours. It's not too bad for invitational. It's no. not bad. Got up, got up at four in the morning, started oh, getting gosh. the dogs ready so, and all that. So, so well, and I, know, I noticed you didn't bring an armful of books for Mike this time. <laughs> he I might have should have brought some back. He didn't make any requests. But no, I'm good. I, I'd be glad to glad to serve as you guys as reference library anytime yeah. you, you need, I need to need to run some of those to Staples and get a get a couple of copies made of a couple <laughs> things. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got. Speaking of which, not not long ago, I got a wand scanner. For just that reason, to be able to scan book pages without breaking spines and stuff. Yeah, I wonder how good that messes up drawings, though. It, it takes a little practice. You can actually <laughs> get a good scan, but it takes some practice. I tried using one of those once. I couldn't make it work. It, it, it's, you, you're a better man than I am. Well, we'll, we'll see. Well, what I, you been up to since... Uh, Gosh, Andy, you didn't make it to Nats. You missed out. No, no. I, I heard the, the the cops were cracking down at the Nats, so I know. So I got, better stay away. We have to wear fake mustaches at San Marcos <laughs> or something. Yeah, we're going to be checking in in San Marcos and sombreros and fake mustaches. <laughs> there you go. Are we going to get you down to San Marcos? No, no, no. Oh. I don't think so. That's, oh. that's a bit. Well, that's even farther than Omaha. Yeah, yeah. that's a bit, bit out in the weeds for well, me. Well, you drive down to Louisville, won't you? Let's stick you in our trunk and we'll go. You can guard the beer in the trunk. There won't be much beer left if you put me in the trunk with the beer. What have you been working on? Uh, right now I'm working on a, a small batch of B25s. What's a small batch? Uh, four. Okay. Four. That, that for you is small. That, that's a small batch. Uh, managed to mess up two of them on the decals. Uh, I'm doing two of them that were strafers with the real elaborate nose art. Okay. That's that's a pretty good challenge, and I managed to mess it up. So I'm going to have to reorder some decals and try again. You're you're never truly beaten until you give up, I think. So uh, well, that's a good I'm, way to look at it. Yeah, I'm ready for a redo on a couple of them. But <laughs> what, are the, what are the other two? Uh, one of them's a, in a desert scheme, and the other one's a strafer with a simple simpler nose scheme. So I managed to pull that one off okay. But now, are these all four of the Hasegawa kit? Uh, two are Hasegawa and two are the the Airfix, well, what is it, a CD or a BC? I forget. Yeah, it's a CD. CD. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is yeah. that a newer Airfix kit? Yes. The, yeah. This one was just released. Not the, the old Mitchell. No. Now, this, <laughs> is, this is the one you can do the Pearl Har- or the Tokyo Raid. Okay. It, it's, cool. a, it's a good kit. It really yes. is. In some ways, it's better than the Hasegawa. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. 
Airfix has stepped up their game, man. People who people who, who remember Airfix from the old days, the new stuff that's been kitted in the last ten years, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah, they're they they've got some quality now. They get some uh, flow lines in their clear parts a little bit, so you got to watch that still. Yep. And their plastic's softer than most, which you just um, have to be aware of while you're building it. Exactly. Yep. If you if you know it's there, you can adapt to it. Yeah, but they're well engineered. I mean, they fit together beautifully. Yeah, and good surface detail. Yes. Yep. Well, what'd you bring with you this time? Uh, I brought some. I brought some of the Arma P51 Mustangs. Excellent kit. Um, now, how many of those did you build? Now, some some sources are crediting me with 16, but I actually only built 12. Okay. I only built 12. I apologize for getting that wrong. <laughs> for grossly overestimating. <laughs> grossly overestimating. Yeah, 16 is just way too much. Yeah, where 12 was just perfect. 12's fine. Um, and <laughs> Did then you I, buy a case? Did you just buy a case directly that, from That's Arma? That's what I told the local hobby shop. I said, order me a case of those, call your importer, get me a case on the way. And uh turned out 12 was a case, or he ordered 12. I don't know how that worked out. Are you going to do that with the Eric Cobras? Uh I'm waiting on the P400. I, I, lo- I love the Air Cobra. I want to build that. I wasn't enthused about any of the marking options in the first box. so I, I'll get one of those. I want, I want to do a Red Air Force one. You can do it with that model. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's several good schemes on, on a VVS Air Cobra. They just didn't have any there. I couldn't find any aftermarket decals I really it, liked. So. It, it's never a plane I was a fan of aesthetically. but Yeah. Well, the, uh, the second highest scoring... Allied Ace, what was his name? He he flew one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if you like like modeling aces, you're kind of obliged to do one of those. So just P51s, no armor this time. Uh, I do have a Scammel with a Churchill on it. Oh and wow! That's... I have some Polish Urger cavalry that are investigating abandoned. I think it's a 247 scout car. Okay. Like who's that. who's the Scammel with the Churchill? Who's Kit? Uh, the the Scammel is an IBG, and the Churchill, yeah. it turned out, I thought it was a new Italiari mold, but it turned out it's the old ESCI, just oh, reboxed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fortunately, it had kind of simplified uh, bogeys on it, so you're not putting together, I don't know, what is it, 11 wheels per side, something like that? Yeah, like the old Airfix one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's one of those down there, a couple of tables down if you want one yeah, of Mike- Mike has been cruising the vendors area and picking up some future nostalgia bills. Yeah. Well, some of these guys I think are offering financing with some of the prices they got on some of this. Stuff. I don't know. I've, I've walked away with three vintage kits for three dollars each on the Matchbox or Airfix blister packs. Yeah, it's getting bad. Three yep. bucks. So you're you're going to do some some more nostalgia bills. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, and Dave's working on a, a Kate right now. I'm working on a. I've got a B52 that's 95 percent done, and I have no good excuse for not having that finished by now. And the Kate, again, it's an Airfix kit. I'm telling you what, this thing is really nice from beginning to end, uh, and it has beautiful for potential for. Uh, doing even more in the interior. I mean, the interior they give you is very serviceable. You 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 could do it and do it open cockpit and not be embarrassed by it. But boy, it has just such great potential. I'm I'm already determined I'm going to do another one. I'm going to fold the wings because mm. that's a neat option. Did you decide on the markings for that one? You were debating that. Yes, uh, I've been discussing that with numerous people. Uh, and I think I've decided I'm going to, even though there is a split of opinion, 
I'm going to go with the brown tail on the cakes. Yeah, I, I lean that way myself. I if, if you follow what they were doing at the time, they kind of camouflage that stuff right before the race. Yes. And I think the cakes from Kaga had... It's the Kaga cakes. I think they had red tails originally, and so the brown was an attempt to tone those down. Yeah. But, uh, and st- I was emailing with Steve Hustad and we were talking about this subject and I said you know let me bounce this off of you he says in general I do it the way that you want the the one that you find the most attractive because if there's competing stuff out there and you can't trace back to the source of either one it's unlikely some new definitive answer is going to come out 80 years on yeah I agree with that so, Not from Japan in particular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, you know, knowing my luck, the definitive uh, uh, piece of evidence will come out as soon as I've completed the model. But, you know, I'll take that chance. Well, 70 Second Scale has been getting some love. Anything new out there It's on your hit list? Maybe well, not here because I think some, some of those kits aren't available yet. But uh, yeah. I, I have just ordered a couple of the Flyhawk Dauntlesses. Dave and I were talking about yeah. that before. It's supposed to be a great kit. Oh, it's Dave's seen it. Um, in that same box will be a Vespid Panther okay. um, with the anti-strafing armor and all that kind of stuff. It's an interesting, very, very late war variant. Uh, there's a company called Heavy Hobby that I haven't been able to source yet, but they have reboxed the Dragon Panamag half-tracks with... Oh, I saw that. Photo, not photo, printed. 3D printed. Yeah, yeah, some printed stuff. You can build like all these crazy versions. And they, they put the track and running gear as one print. Okay. So instead of the multi, <laughs> multi-hundred part track there, you get, uh, get one and yeah, That makes some sense there. in that scale. Yeah, in yeah, 72nd scale, that makes perfect oh, I can't remember the designation. What's the big Navy plane that... that uh, oh, the um, AJ-1 Savage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Roden announced. Yeah. I thought it might... I thought of you when I saw that. That, that's, it's not cheap. No, and it's, it's got an $80 kit. It's kind of on the periphery of my interest, but it's yeah. it's a fascinating aircraft. It's one that had trouble getting up in the air from everything I've <laughs> yeah. read. So. Did, you, did you see that uh, Takam has announced another Yamato turret, turret 1? That was the first one supposed to be turret 2? Two. Two. What, yes. what are the differences? Uh, well, other than, the, of course, the shorter... The barbette height? The shorter barbette. I'm, I don't know if there are physical differences. That's a great question. Yeah, I most of those you can find some detail differences uh, with turrets, but they they wanted to cast and cut the armor all the same, so yeah. it shows up in a pile of, so pile here, of armor so plate. It, so have you built a Missouri turret yet? No, I have not. I have not gotten that, a, that a kit shocks of it. the heck out of me. Well, one thing I was a little disappointed they molded the the Carly floats, what everybody calls a life raft. Right. They molded those onto the side of the turret. Did they really? Yep. The the grid plate that forms the uh, the platform of that. not known what it was. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was real disappointed. That, but that plastic's thick enough that you ought to be able to just shave that right off and, and have just pure plate armor. Sure. You can you can grind it all off. But that it when they announced it, there were some kits that came out, and then it dried up immediately. They're back out again, and I thought maybe they got some pushback on those those floats and they retooled those sides, but I don't think they did that. I'm still waiting for my 30, 1939 turrets, the, the Arizona or Nevada, West Virginia. And put a catapult on them? Yes. Or Michael well, put that, a catapult that Michael on them? Put a catapult I've got my Sharnhorse turret ordered. 
Of course, it's on the wrong barbette height, but yeah, we'll fix that. Well, you that. can fix that. Yeah. 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 Well, Jeff, we'll let you get back to the show. Thanks for stopping by. Well, and, thanks uh, for having me. Come hang out with us later because I hear the, hear the concession stand's got beer. Yeah. <laughs> that would be deadly this far from home. All right, sir. <laughs> okay. Well, Dave, it's always good to talk to Jeff. Yes. Any t- time Jeff comes down, every time we run into Jeff, it's a great time. And I'm pretty sure we'll run into him again in Cincinnati. So, yeah, We probably will, but, you know, doesn't sound like he's too keen on coming to San Marcos. Yeah, I know. I, I, I can't get him to a national. I've got to do that. It's killing me. Well, maybe, maybe Madison. That'll be a little more doable for yes. him. He's probably got a little leg up on us, in fact, for that show. Yes, he does. Well, the show was a huge success, and uh, we had a lot of fun while we were there. And I think uh, our next segment here is a discussion with uh, Stu Cox, who is the president of the Military Models Club of Louisville, talking about uh, talk, talking about the show in a lot of a lot of capacities. So, yep. let's see what Stu had to say. Dave, we've got the El Presidente here. <laughs> Greetings all. This is Stu Cox, or he's the better known, Stu Cox, the president for life of uh, uh, the Military Modelers Club of Louisville, uh, one of the uh, show crew who is most responsible for putting on uh, a most excellent invitational contest. It looks like it's a success, Stu. What, yep. This is our you? second year here at the Triple Crown Pavilion in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, we had, had a great run at our uh, our own uh, international headquarters for MMCL in Louisville uh, uh, for a number of years, but uh, we've been here for two years now, and uh, we're looking forward to planning for the uh, regional show next year. And uh, We've learned a lot, and uh, we've got a lot of vendors and uh, participants. Uh, one thing particularly, our, we've got 453 entries going on this year, but uh, our general mission is through the roof uh, compared to the prior years and that. So we're starting to see walk-ins and others in addition to model contest entries. Well, that's, I'm, fan, that's fantastic. I missed last year, Stu, for some other obligation, but <laughs> compared to the headquarters, this is quite the space increase. Right, got space, square footage here that's... Uh, Plenty of room. We're considering even uh, vendor, additional vendor space, another row of vendors for the regional. Yeah, you'll get um, a lot of demand for the regional. Yeah, but this is a, an actual convention center facility, um, and uh, with food on site, they did. They've done a great job. The Triple Crown folks have provided the food and concessions. Uh, there actually was today, in addition, a uh, baseball card show in the other room adjoining this. So we picked up some general admission off of that and some interest in our uh, hobby. From that, cool. Uh, we've got, uh, gosh, uh, sixty-five plus tables here uh, for vendors. Great turnout here. I've not heard anything bad from anybody about the uh, businesses sales and participation there. So, uh, and in our membership, you know, MMCL now has one hundred and ten yep. paid members. We uh, geographically cover. A lot of central, north central Kentucky, from uh, E-Town and Radcliffe up to Louisville, over Frankfurt, Lexington, uh, Richmond, yep. all the way up to northern Kentucky. So the, the club. Uh, and southern Indiana. And southern Indiana now. And we've got vendors like uh, 
that are here also Upscale. from the, yeah from uh, in addition to the folks from SRI that are strongly affiliated with our club then Upscale is interested also in uh, future events and uh, well they were at Indianapolis when we were up there I think yes and uh, of course I got to give a tip of the hat to Jose Rodriguez here with uh, his uh, doing his demonstrations and uh, his uh, his he's got a number of tables at his booths here, representing the AK brand and AK Interactive and their products plus his other custom dioramics uh, products. But uh, we've got then a lot of independent uh, uh, vendors uh, as well as some other shop related vendors. But uh, well, I noticed you premiered a new uh, our our show is well known for the best raffle at any show including the nationals and i noticed this year you premiered a new system where the tickets were barcoded and so you were able to on a computer screen display the unclaimed items in numerical order by category that's right and it seems to have worked out really yeah, it really takes well. a lot of that stress and that uh clutter of, of, of coagulating the kits together and getting them handed out and that uh, you know before we we're using flip chart pads and hand matter of fact the Steve Bacon from the Indiana Club Roscoe Turner we're gonna actually do a collaboration they they want they're considering they want uh, the system <laughs> well they would like to consider that so it's something we may have a product here with our uh, developer that's something that uh, may uh, have some benefit that we could contribute to the hobby uh, some way to the we, show club. We, uh, we actually need to hook you up with John Bonani, the second vice president of IPMS USA, and he's the officer in charge of the Nationals. This would work really well with the National Raffle yeah. because the it's, National Raffle is it, big. It was crowded and didn't have this type of system. I think this would, think he'd be really be interested. So I've yeah. got to remember. Yeah, to, I mean raffles. You think raffle? You know, eh, you know, pull the ticket. Get, well, it gets complicated. We got three categories: there are armor, aircraft, miscellaneous. But then we have our super raffle items. Right. So we've got that in the mix too. And uh, of course, we're we're announcing our uh, raffle. You know, for winners for that uh, separately. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think what we projected on the wall, the tickets circle, cycle through those three categories, uh, and then members, it's on for them to come pick up, and then with the scan, uh, quick scan, uh, you quickly knock it off the list and yep. move on to the next draw. Yep. It's been impressive, and I cannot wait to see what MMCL does with a regional. I mean, we've done it before. I've been in the club long enough that I've been here. We've done it at least twice before. And with this facility, I think we'll be able to put on a stellar show. I want to I thank the other uh, IPMS chapters that are represented here today. We know we've got uh, Tidewater, uh, Dayton, Cincinnati, Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, definitely. We've got uh, uh, Steve Bacon and the uh, the Indiana Roscoe Turner team. There's a number of them down here. We've had a number of other chapters helping with the, the judging, too, and yes. uh, jumped right in on that. So uh, it's 453 entries, but I'm telling you, when it's, when it's high-quality entries like it is, <clears throat> it takes time. <laughs> you got to give them some consideration oh. there. And uh, we've, we've, of course, we've got our first, second, and third, our best of category, 
for uh, each of the categories. We've got our show theme award we've got to do, and then we've got uh, a People's Choice Award, too. So we've got a number of pieces. So I'm going to have to move on here All right. right. back well. so we can get wrapped up. And uh, we're hoping to, within a 30 minutes or so, by 3 o'clock, to uh, start getting close to that uh uh, uh, awards uh, ceremony piece, but uh, is there anything else you need to know from us? Or, no, uh, just, no, we've, I mean, had, we've had fun. Let's plan as on usual. next year, man, and yeah. then uh, we can even look at a, maybe a little more of a production to the, you know, uh, talking about the event, uh, maybe even do a little uh, highlighting before that. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely yeah. for the regional, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do, we'll do segment or segments. We, and We want to make sure we get some input on uh, some, some uh because we will, the one addition, this facility we're in, we've also got breakout rooms, conference right. room breakout rooms. So we're going to look at presentations and the demonstrations and other uh, opportunities for uh, sharing uh, this hobby with uh, the attendees and that. And hopefully continue to appeal to new uh, models. That's one of the things with MMCL. It's, it's not just experienced modelers that have been coming back into the hobby. We have new. We've got some youth joining the club. Yep. Uh, it's important to put the dang game controller down, pick up the this exacto knife <laughs> and the glue, and uh, use it appropriately to build a creation that to be proud of. So uh, we're we're proud to have some uh, young folks getting involved. Well, we appreciate you taking your time out of your bi- very busy day today to stop by and chat with us. Good deal. Thanks, you guys. We'll see you around, Steve. Yep. Dave, I had a good time at the show. How about you? I had a great time at the show. Now it's all said and done and dusted. That was that was a good time. I, I tell you, um, I've not been to our own show well since before the pandemic. And shame the last, on you! Shame the, on you! Well, I had a <laughs> had a, a conflict last year. I know you did. And then uh, we didn't have one in 2020. 2020. Right. And yeah. I guess it was 19 was the last time I was there. Yep. And then when, that was back at the. That was at back the, at the clubhouse. Yes. Well, what's your, what's your thoughts? Um, my, I'm, I'm jazzed. I, I'm, I've got a small bu- version buzz of coming back from the nationals just on a smaller scale. Uh, it was a great time. The show was a big success. Um, we got to interact with a lot of uh, of the attendees, uh, both old and new friends. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm buzzed. I can't wait for next year when we're holding the regional. So that's going to be oh, a, yeah. a, a, this this facility has all the room in the world to expand. Uh, it's got all of the 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 room that you need to hold a regional and do things like seminars and and uh, you know I- expanding the number of tables and the number of vendor tables and I, I I have zero doubt that Stu and Terry and Rich the guys who uh, are in large part responsible for doing the heavy lift of getting us ready for a show. They did great this year, and I have zero doubt they're going to do great in 2023. Well, we've gotten pretty good at it over the years. I, I, I tell you, the venue, 
I, I would agree. They posted after they got the stuff set up Friday evening. They posted that out to Facebook, right? Right. And I was like, "Wow, that's a that's a big place." Yes. Yep. And I, we, I mean, folks have, who've been folks who've been to our our the the place we rent from the uh, Kentucky Antique Automotive Club. Um. Probably barely enough room to have an invitational. Yes, we were we were bumping up before the pandemic. We had bumped up against the edge of what we could do to wedge that many people, that many models, and a decent number of vendors into into the room we had. So, in some ways, the the you know if you always look for silver linings on this awful pandemic thing, one of the silver linings was when we came out of it, uh, we realized we were going to need uh, another venue because the first shows that started to be done were blowing out the numbers because, of course, everybody had been building, and so. Terry and and Rich and and Stu found this location. Um, the pricing is very attractive for us, and uh, we made a very good impression on them in 2021. Because obviously, you know, they were looking for customers coming out of the pandemic. You know, they had had the the same problems in 2020 as everybody else did, and so we made a very favorable impression on them with the way we ran our show the way our attendees conducted themselves, et cetera, et cetera. So they were more than anxious to have us back this year and uh, the regional in, in 2023. Well, we'll see what they do with that in terms of vendor space. I- I'm not sure at a regional they'll need much more model space because they had, they had plenty of that, I think. Yes, 453 uh, they- models, and we still had plenty of room on the tables. Yeah, and then – they could they could double the number of vendors tables in there if if they did the perimeter of the room yes and and they had consciously avoided that for an invitational simply because you know it's kind of hard to fill for an invitational that many tables but yes for the regional i have no doubt that you'll see at least two more rows of of tables uh and and a lot of the uh, commercial vendors uh, that weren't there this time. I'm I'm almost sure because it's a regional. You know they they, they go to there. the they they make a point of going to the regionals. Well, while we're talking about vendors, I, I tell you, I, I think it was a a really interesting mix this time because there yes. were some there were some folks. We don't get a lot of manufacturers anyway, but right. we usually we'll usually get the you know the traveling hobby shop type places, right? Uh, online businesses, yeah. Uh, but this time, man, there were at least five groups of tables five five individuals with with multiple tables each that were were kind of the secondhand stash clearing type things. Yes, and you know some of those are better than others, but I tell you. Those are some of my favorites, to be honest. (laughs) Well, especially (laughs) after our nostalgia episode. I mean, walking up and down those vendor aisles, and you were seeing a lot of, you know, in addition to a lot of new and modern kits and stuff that had just been released, etc. But you were also seeing some 
some not only old but some real old stuff. And oh, and oh yeah, that 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 was kind of cool, especially if you were in the mood to buy uh, uh, some some nostalgia stuff. Which maybe I did. Which maybe you did. We'll find <laughs> that. We'll find that out. You probably will. Um, I don't know what it was about that place. Well, how to how to how to frame it? You know, my son Jack was with us again, right? And uh, hanging out and, and selling some of my surplus stuff for me. And he's like, "There's nobody here. There's nobody here." I'm like, <laughs> "No, this place is really flipping big." Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the the, the funny thing. Uh, this show had the largest, not only the largest number of entrants for one of our invitationals, but we had the largest uh, uh, general admission gate that we've ever had. So that, there were more people than we've ever had at an invitational show inside that building. But the thing is, the building is freaking cavernous. You could play football in that building easily. Oh, yeah. It's at least 100 yards long. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's huge. <laughs> Well, it was a good time. Um, yeah, we saw we saw some old new friends, and I tell you, there were some pretty interesting entries there as well. Um, you know, that is the thing that impressed me most of all. We sit here and we talk about numbers, you know, throw out 453. It's our largest invitational ever uh, as far as number of entries. But it wasn't just the numbers. It was the quality of the stuff. Oh, yeah. A lot of good stuff. Was absolutely. I mean, you know, I took a cr I took a ton of pictures, but I didn't take nearly enough because I took pictures and then on Facebook I'm looking at other people's pictures and I'm like, I don't remember seeing that model. I don't remember seeing that model, and it was just you know there there was so much good stuff. Yeah, we need to touch base with Randy and see. Uh, yes, I'll see, see what he got photographed. Yes, I, I will reach out to Randy. I'm sure he'll give me a copy of uh, all of the professional shots. <laughs> well, do you think Strike is uh, outstanding? Well, um, I, well, it's all outstanding. There are things that I was really, I thought were really neat to see. Um, there was a, a on a plinth. A, I guess this would be called a vignette, given the the size of it and all, uh, of the um, uh, Battle of Islawanda, Zulu, oh, or it could have been uh, the other battle. But uh, uh, you know, a Zulu uh, a British uh, uh, vignette, and that was cool. Um, Inch High brought a. Uh, Churchill tank on the back of a Scammel transporter. Yep, I put that one on our page. That was very, very nice. Uh, not to blow sh uh, sunshine up inches skirt, but that was that stood out to me. It happened to be in the in the category where I had an entry, uh, <laughs> uh, which of course it, it blew completely away. Um, but it just was really attractive to the eye. Uh, so what did, what did you see that jumped out at you? Well, I took a picture of that one. So that one for sure. Yeah. Um, the, uh, 
Well, the Canberra, but that's not what we call it in the United States. Yes. Air Force, anyway. Yeah. B-57. B-57. That's it. I want to say 58, but that was something else. B-57. <laughs> that's something completely different. Yeah. Um, just a really clean, neat-looking yes. paint job on the, on the Southeast Asia scheme. Yeah, very tight scheme. They did a nice job. Had just just an impressive amount of feather between the colors. Uh, that was a heck of a model. And then uh, the figure category was was stacked. Was stacked. Is off the hook. I'm not sure what happened there. That, that seemed unusual to me. I don't remember. In 2019, it, it's been a while now, right? But yeah, no. <laughs> how many that, figures? Yeah. Yeah, something happened because there were way more figures, particularly busts, but in, in regular figures and uh, sci-fi and fantasy figure, they're just the entire figure category, which is usually not one of our larger categories at our, sh- our show, was just stacked and great stuff all. Ships could have been a little heavier. That would have been one area if some folks were coming next year. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Uh, Bring some ships and submarines. We only had a handful. uh, Well, there was that Arizona. That was pretty nice. That was very, very nice. Yeah, Yeah. quality-wise, the ships were really nice. It was just there there weren't as many of them. In years past, we tend to have a few more ships, but uh, uh, that category was down a little bit this year. Well, and like you, I think the – the big thing for me as a takeaway uh, was how much how much fun is it to go to the show. So if, if folks have never been been to one who are out there listening, if you're still trying to get to your first one, we encourage you to go take that in because there's stuff to buy, there's stuff to look at, there's people to talk to. It's just uh, it's kind of a full immersion into the hobby yes. outside of the actual building of a model. Well, that's something that I've said to people. You know, there are some people who uh, don't go to to contests uh, for various reasons. Uh, You know, one, you don't have to go and compete if you don't feel, you know, most people are like, oh, well, my model wouldn't look. First of all, you don't have to enter one. Second of all, once you've been to a contest, you you will see your models will compare quite favorably to what's on the table and that's not really the point anyway but the thing if you're not going to a contest that you miss which we talked about after the nationals the most important part of going to the nationals was all the hanging out with the people same thing here it was it was getting to interact with people many that I knew only from the internet Many that are our local club members that I hadn't seen in a while just because our paths hadn't crossed. Um, it was just the, the, the people side of it is fantastic. And don't deprive yourself of that because it's great. Well, you know, there was folks there I hadn't seen in, in a long time. Yeah. Probably, probably since 2019, some of them. Yeah. Because, you know, once, once my family got rolling, I, I've become quite the ghost at our <laughs> at our normal club activities. Did Noel Say, find you? He was looking for you. Yeah, Noel found me and Good. saw Sock and I saw Asif and I saw Alex and just about everybody from yeah. uh, 
Uncle Daddy. Uncle Daddy. The core, the core members there that were, well, they were core members. There still are. Yeah. But uh, they made up the bulk of the club when I was there. And I, what would impress me the most, for at least from the MMCL side, was uh, there's a lot of people walking you, around sporting t-shirts that I didn't even recognize. I didn't even know. Well, them. <laughs> that, that's the, the thing. Our club is up to 110 members now. Uh, most that we've ever had on the roster. And a lot of them have come in in the last two and a half, three years, you know, pandemic and post pandemic. So it's been great for our club. And many of them are, 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 well, there are many armor aircraft modelers, but we've had more guys come in doing cars, more, lots more guys come in doing science fiction. Uh, uh, so the, the club is diversified beautifully and it really has made the club better and better. Well, maybe it's in the cards soon for me to start showing up at regular meetings a little, a little that, more often. That, if that I made one be, a year, I'd be an improvement. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> Well, our next stop on the show tour is Cincinnati. Yep. So we probably should plug that one. October 22nd at, oh God, there's an air museum right outside of Cincinnati. And I'm going to have to look up the name. Look it up and I'll edit it. I figured you would. Hang on. Okay, here we go. Okay. Yeah, Cincinnati's on October 22nd, 2023 uh, at the Tri-State Warbird Museum. 2022. And, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, let me do that again. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, you know why I did that? They haven't changed. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, fine, fine. Forget it. Okay. Yeah, Cincinnati's show is October 22nd, 2022 at the Tri-State Warbird Museum in Batavia, Ohio, which is just a suburb of Cincinnati. Uh, we went to this last year, and it's a nice uh, aircraft museum that I was utterly unaware of. Uh, in addition, it uh, it's kind of neat to have the contest held Inside the museum, you know, the tables are tucked up under the tucked up under the wings of aircraft and uh, all of that sort of stuff. And and their Cincinnati guys are great guys, and they they put on a great show. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm too. And their their webmaster for the website stopped by at our show and uh, was lobbying for us to be back. And we told him we would be back, and uh, yes. we need to, we need to confirm our table. Yes, we do. And uh, look forward to seeing those guys again and, and uh, enjoying that show once again. That, that was a lot of fun. So so folks need to get out and uh, support the shows. That's right. Take advantage. Hey, listen, we were all locked up for a couple of years or a year and a half or more. Uh, you know, take advantage of the fact that, that uh, we're, we're, life is returning to normal. And since life's returning to normal... Let's get back to model shows because model shows were a big part of uh, a lot of people's modeling lives. And like I said, if you're not one of those people who before the pandemic attended regularly or if you got into modeling or back into modeling during the pandemic, this is your time. Come 
see all the people that you've been uh, uh, corresponding with and interacting with online, come and meet them in person. Most of them are really neat people in person. Well, you know, back in back last year, 2021, when uh, at least in our region, I don't, I don't know how it was nationwide. I wasn't really paying much attention, but, uh, you know, the Indianapolis guys stuck their neck out and yes. kind of kicked things off in our region again. And then we had our show later that year. And, and uh, um, I don't know if Cincinnati had theirs. Yes, because we went to it. Oh, yeah. It's the same year, 2021. Yeah. Uh, again, though, later in the year. So, right. Um, it's all been great, and it's. It looks like now, if you've watched social media, that there's something going on just about every weekend somewhere right now. Yep. And you uh, can you can go to IPMS USA's website, IP, www.ipmsusa.org.org, and they have a contest calendar page where every it's got a calendar for every upcoming contest that's been registered and approved by the national organization. So you go look at it, and pretty much every weekend is filled with a show somewhere. Some of them, two, three, or more shows. Now, they're in various wide geographic distribution, so you don't have two shows stepping on each other. But, you know, there's no lack of shows now. Well, Dave, looking at the calendar now, I mean, it's – of course, this is nationwide, but there's there's something just about every weekend. Yeah. Other than you know, there's rarely any in December, right? Uh, but uh, and January too. But from now up up until the holiday months, and then uh, once January rolls around, they kick up back up in the spring. There's something just about every weekend. Yep. And uh, good to see some uh, these. Uh, some of these more stalwart shows that have been around a long time, Mosquito Con, Phantom Flashers Club, yeah, uh, some of these that uh, have been around for for a long, long time. Yep. So, moral of the story is, go go find a contest near you, and go to it. You know, th- three or four hours driving time is not much. Uh, and it goes by quickly. You can listen to a podcast or two while you're in your car on your way to the show or the way home from the show. And, uh, uh, you know, have a great time while you're there. All right. And come see us in 2023. Right. And come see us in 20, come see us at Cincinnati in 2022. If you're, if you're there October 22nd. Man, I, I can't believe that venue, Dave. I, I'd never been there before. We talked about it with Stu a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's a big place. It's got lots of potential um, to expand on not just the invitational show, but the the, the regional show we, we plan on hosting next year. Yeah, so twenty twenty three regional in Louisville is going to be fantastic. the The twenty twenty two invitational, as you heard, was very very good. Uh, this this venue has tons of space. Uh, they will be able to bring in uh, probably another two rows of or more of vendor tables. Uh, the display area is big enough to accommodate twice as many models as we had this year, so we won't have any problem accommodating a regional-sized show. The lighting is excellent. Um, which is, let's face it, 
hard to find in some venues, but uh, uh, serendipity really helped out here. We just, we, we found a good venue and, you know, the, the MMCL leadership team and the team that puts on the, the contest uh, did a great job. And I think they're well prepared for 2023. Well, all right. So folks put it on your calendar, the 2023 military modelers club of Louisville. What is it? Region four, region four. And it's the fourth Saturday in September, or f- Friday and Saturday in September, because it'll be a, a two-day event. That's right. So we plan on being there, and so should you if you're in a commutable distance. Absolutely. Getting the right size base for your model diorama or vignette can be difficult and time-consuming. Bases by Bill has the solution with their all-new custom size display bases. Offering sizes of 4 to 30 inches and any size in between, you choose the dimensions you want and you get the size you need every time. They can also be laser engraved with a unit emblem or custom text of your choice. In addition, shipping is always included within the lower 48 states. Built by modelers for modelers, Bases by Bill has bases and display cases for any type of model and for any size. Visit their website at basesbybill.com to see their new products or to get your own custom built base or display case quote. Use the code MOJO at checkout to apply a 10% listener discount to your order that code again is mojo for 10 percent off bases by bill for all your model display needs well mike we're getting toward the end of the episode uh you finished with your with your modeling fluid i am dave i'm i'm finished with my modeling fluid (laughs) so am i uh this is a maple flavored whiskey a canadian whiskey Uh, you know a, a fairly well aged whiskey. Oh there. yeah, yeah. The, you can tell just just from the color that it's that it's been well aged. I will say though, with with this maple flavoring, maple syrup flavoring, that uh, it this stuff is really really sweet. Yes, you know, I kind of wondered if it would be uh, good with like a whiskey and soda. If you broke it up with, and I don't by soda, I don't mean Coke or anything. I mean true soda. Uh, soda water, Just car- carbonated water, carbonated water. I wonder if you mixed it as a whiskey and soda, if that would, uh, you know, the astringent quality of the soda would back off some of the sweetness. It might, that's worth trying, but a, another approach is, is to accept it as it is and kind of take it as a, as a brandy or something as a, as a, a, a sip, a sip nightcap or something right, like that. Like an aperitif or something. You know. that, that's right. It's 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 very sweet. I mean, the maple is way forward. Um, it's good. Yeah, there's no burn on the but, back end. I mean, there's def, definitely no burn on it. But uh, I tell you, it, it's it's sweet enough that makes me think it's a little bit of different drink than uh, what we normally take down. Yep, yep. Because it's. I mean, when when you talk about sweet bourbons, you think naturally of Maker's Mark, which is about the sweetest bourbon out there, and this this is at least another level above that in sweetness. So that's right. Yeah, it it, it, it very smooth, very good, very maple forward, and very sweet. Yep. So I think uh, I'm going to explore some other options for for how to enjoy this. Cause I think it, it would be, 
it's it's not going to be a it's not going to be a bench whiskey for me. Sure. I don't think. I think, but but that's that said, I, you know, I'm thinking some vanilla bean ice cream. Oh, that's not a bad man, choice. Ma- make your own butter pecan. There that, you go. That, yeah, I think this has some potential for some exploration. So uh, we'll keep the hopes up for this one, Dave. Okay. Report back. I will. So, uh, <laughs> Mike, do you have some shout outs for the end of the show? I do. I want to shout out the uh, latest contributors to Plastic Model Mojo, Dave. Um, via Patreon, we've got Ed Kawahara, Jay Kidd, and uh, Neil Princip out of the UK. All three of these gentlemen have uh, signed on to uh, support the show via Patreon. Thank In you. In addition, we got we got a we got a very generous donation from a David Kinsey uh, via PayPal. Really appreciate that, David. Yes. Um, very generous. Can't thank you enough. That's that's going to help us take care of some stuff that we took on here recently. So yeah. much appreciated. Uh, if you would like to join the ranks of these gentlemen and would like to make a recurring contribution to Plastic Model Mojo, you can do so by going to www.patreon.com slash Plastic Model Mojo. There you can make a contribution, a monthly recurring contribution from uh, any amount from a dollar on up to whatever you think is appropriate. And we appreciate whatever you happen to do there. If that's not your jam and you want to make a one-time contribution or manage your own recurring contribution, you can go to uh, www.plasticmodelmojo.com. And in the upper right corner of the screen, you'll see a heart icon, which will take you to PayPal. And there's our PayPal portal to make a one-time or your own managed contribution to Plastic Model Mojo through PayPal. And again, much appreciated, guys. Your generosity is very humbling. It's keeping us moving forward, and it's helping us bring it to you better. Let's just say it that way. Absolutely. Well, Dave, I'm, I know you got a few shout outs. We just had, we just had a show. I got I got a couple of shout outs. Uh, first one is to all of the club members at our home chapter, the Military Modelers Club of Louisville MMCL. Um, they put on a heck of a show for us. They set a this year's show set a a record for the number of models entered at an invitational that we hosted. Um, judging ran smoothly. The raffle, as I said, uh, next level technology that really helped the the. We have a massive raffle, and uh, in the past, because we have such a massive raffle. Uh, you know, it, it, you could spend a fair amount of time looking through the numbers and then waiting to try and claim, uh, what you won. This new system really, really made it much more of a, a much more efficient. So kudos to the membership folks at MMCL who did that. Uh, kudos to Terry Hill, Stu Cox, uh, Rich Gittig, Cliff Bernstein and Asif who ran registration. Uh, they do a great job every year. It was a great show, guys. Well done. Do you have another shout out? I do not. I do. I'd like to shout out um, uh, listener and friend Ben Pluth. Uh, ben is a modeler from up in the Columbus area that I've known for years. I met Ben through our mutual friend, Scott Skippy King. Uh, I've been running into Ben for. 
uh, years at contests and all. We've become friendly over all that time. Ben came down to our show and Ben entered models. He did well. Uh, we got to, to interact with him some. And, uh, uh, when he was traveling back to Columbus, he stopped in Cincinnati, had dinner, and then got back on the interstate and headed toward Columbus and was driving along the interstate when someone in a car tried to go around him on the shoulder slash median uh, with the predictable result that they lost control of their vehicle, hit Ben's vehicle, uh, which pushed Ben into the vehicle next to him. And the person who tried to go around him, they flipped the car five, six times. Uh, the photos that Ben posted on Facebook, I can't tell you what type of car it was. It's just a ball of metal. Uh, and we're not sure whether that driver, who was apparently in a hurry, too much of a hurry to you know, drive normally, either angry, frustrated, whatever, they they may have killed themselves. Luckily, Ben, while his vehicle was heavily damaged, and I'm sure some of his models were damaged, Ben luckily was not seriously injured other than a burn on his arm from the airbag going off. And he was very, very lucky. And I'd like to shout out to him, let him know that we in the in the PMM community are thinking about him. We appreciate him coming down to the MMCL show. We're glad he's okay. And uh, folks, no matter what you're doing when you're out there, don't drive angry. Don't drive upset. Don't. It's not worth it. It is simply not worth it. And hopefully the person who tried to go around Ben didn't lose his life. But we don't know. Yeah. Don't pass on the left on the median. Yes. On the shoulder. Not cool, man. Well, Dave, we are at the end. And as we always say, Dave. So many kids. So little time. Take it easy, man. You too.